Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. If you are wondering where to do your davening this evening, you can try the pop-up shul in Glen Hazel. Reverend Ilan Herman will be conducting the service, and you'll also be treated to a talk by archaeology honor student Karen Moshe on archaeology and the Torah. Your host will be Reverend Ilan Herman, and he joins me now to tell me exactly what a pop-up shul is and whether it's indicative of the changing nature of shuls in South Africa. Reverend, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Always a delight to be with you, Sharice, and in the HIFM studio. Um, Okay, so let's start off. What is a pop-up shul? Well, uh, technically, uh, what is a shul? So, I mean... You have the uh, people gathering together, Jewish souls coming together to pray. And when you've got a collection of Jewish souls, you've got what's called the, the Hashem's presence rests in that area. So um, technically speaking, a shul can be created anyway, anyway technically. However, uh, a shul should be a fixed location and a, and a, a abode that is beautiful. As in the story of King David, it describes how Hashem wanted, so to speak, a home that would be a fixed abode. So whilst a pop-up shul may be a, a place where people can connect and pray together, uh, it wouldn't be in the same sense where a uh, fixed shul and a beautified edifice of God could, you know, would be such. Uh, the other... F- fundamental fact is the fact that uh, you know there are certain laws pertaining to Torah, a Torah that uh, you can only have a Torah in a given space um, if it's got, you know, you'll be using it in, for a certain amount of times etc, etc, and the ark etc etc, security so uh, a shul is really ultimately the uh, place to be. that is ideal, right but uh, correct, as you say in this day and age there are people that are not necessarily finding, that, let's say, a mm. Shul, uh, where they perhaps are comfortable. Um, maybe the sort of uh, environment is less, sometimes uh, maybe a little bit less, uh, uh, in not, maybe not intimidating, but sometimes less um, formal and that sort of thing. So that's perhaps what we've created in my uh, circumstance, in that, as you know, I was in a shul for the last 18 years, the Lion Shul. And uh, since then moved, uh, sort of continued a intermittent uh, pop-up shul on a Friday night, which has become very pro- popular. Yet, yeah, go ahead. So l- let's talk about who is attending your shul. So it's interesting. Uh, so often it's people that aren't uh, regular shul goers, so uh, people that feel comfortable in that environment. Um, it is, there's a dynamism about the environment. You can sort of just feel relaxed and comfortable, very sociable. Um, and then we usually have a kiddish afterwards. So we sit around and socialize a little bit after the service. Uh, and as occasionally we get a guest speaker. So we had, for example, a soccer player, uh, Dean Furman, who attended and we had a dinner which followed. And tonight, as you say, Corin Moshe, who's a archaeologist. Um, yeah, and, uh, it, you know, it seems to work. Uh, but, you know, it's really, I think people really have got to decide where they feel most comfortable. Uh, shuls, rabbis, uh, and, and it's got to resonate for them. But very important that we do have a communal place where we connect to people. 
And in terms of people coming, you say it's very dynamic, obviously, and I'm sure it'll grow as more people talk about it. But is it a certain um, age group or a marital status or that you're trying to chat? Interesting. Uh, it's an interesting question. There may be certain weeks where we would focus a different uh, you know, feature, like let's say the infirmant. Mm. So you might have a more sporty type mm. of people. Tonight you might have a more... Intellectual, as academic. Exactly, <laughs> archaeological. So you might have a, exactly an adventurous, like thinking, you know, Indiana Jones. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but what's interesting is that since we've started it, I, you know, I won't say names, of course, but we've, I've, I've had feedback that there's been a couple of people that have actually matched up, singles that have matched up and are sort of now, um, finding, uh, somebody that's a potential partner. So what I've found is that perhaps singles that would, Ordinarily not be able to make those connections here. Maybe that less, you know, that, that sort of environment lends itself to that. And the only reason I thought of it is because sometimes, um, you know, the family gets together and then there's, you know, somebody who's doesn't have a, a partner or something like that who may feel awkward week after week after week kind of getting that look as if to say, you know, oh, what's happening? So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think shuls in general don't, uh, you know, they certainly don't have the, that philosophy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, sh- I certainly hope that that's not the case where, you know, everybody is. In, and I think really, you know, today it's very difficult. People, there's many reasons why people are tending not to go to shuls, you know, whether it's just by default or lack of interest or we're very materialistically driven time, you know, that sort of thing. Um and we're disconnecting a little bit from, from communities. So I think shuls are trying, trying to really bridge uh, that, make it really comfortable. And the rabbis are, are making great efforts to accommodate the people. And that's, that's uh, you know, that's very important that we stay connected in a communal sense, not just uh, individually. Um, so yeah. so, stay, so when you look at staying connected, uh, we're coming up to the high holy days. Um, and some of the shuls and outlying regions that used to have, you know, hundreds of congregants, are starting to drop off and maybe on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur they are 70% shul but during the Fridays it's not anywhere close to where they should be. Do you think there is a change? We need to rethink the concept of our shuls. Mm, in the mainstream areas mm. or in those broader outlying Both. arenas? Problems with the broader places there's just not enough numbers mm. and often uh, there's assimilation and there's often not enough motivation. So for them to get, get those minyonim aren't easy and to create a sort of dynamic shul environment. So, yeah, I think that question needs to be asked of Rama Zilbahaft, who is doing a sterling job of uh, motivating and encouraging the communities. But in our mainstream area, yes, uh, I think the chief rabbi did a, had a strong um, Sort of session where they were deliberating as to what means, mechanisms, methods they could encourage people to stay connected to communities. And yeah, uh, listen, we we're having great success. So pop up shuls there. Um, and yeah, it's worth a try uh, for those that would like. And uh, it works, it works great. And if, if not, uh, please keep looking and searching and find yourself. Uh, a warm environment where you are comfortable to go to shul. We're going to change tack in a minute after the break. But before then, um, two minutes. Do you think the role of rabbis is changing in our community as well? Again, uh, no, yes, yes and no. Uh, uh, fundamentally, the role of a rabbi can't change in that he has, his role has to be to guide and uplift according to 
you know, the Jewish structure, the, the real Jewish essence and truths of Yiddishkeit. So you can't really have a situation where we'll just start dropping Jewish protocols and, and laws just in order to reach the people cannot, cannot happen. It's not a, you know, the reform concept doesn't in terms of our general. So, but, but, but the way, the style, the modernity, that has to definitely be increased, encouraged, got to always find ways to make it dynamic, stimulating and exciting. And, and, and that's critical. That's critical. And we've got to maybe get feedback from them. What do you want? What do you, how do you want us to, to, to make this work, you know? And engage that and work with them. But, uh, yeah, rabbis now today have to be bridging people very much. So you cannot be uh, aloof and distant and disconnected. It's got to be really connecting to the people. So we are going to be connecting to sport after the break. Yeah, um, <laughs> <favorite> other topics. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, let's take a break right here. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Reverend Ilan Herman, who you may know is the editor of Soul Sport, which has become something that our community looks forward to um, on a quarterly basis. Bi-annually. Bi-annually at the moment. moment. Um, Unless there's a great donor out there that would like to uh, fund the magazine for two more. (laughs) <laughs> editions and, and certainly it's, there is so much to read in here um, Reverend your back page yes. is a picture of Sid Nomis yes Sid Nomis the late Sid Nomis who passed on recently Sid was an icon uh, he was literally literally as things stand the greatest uh, rugby player of all time not just Springbok the greatest Jewish sorry Jewish, Jewish rugby player of all time globally speaking and um, we've got a feature of Sid in this magazine, and we had to actually push the magazine a little bit for uh, 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 the time of release because of Sid's passing, and the uh, the, 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 the you know the uh, the uh, tribute that we wanted to plan to to make for him. And it's just he, he was just one of those people that you just was a generation icon um, and a person that you just you know sort of find. And if I could put it in the way that Steve Katsu concluded it, what what Sid did for us as a Jewish community and a Jewish nation in rugby, he puts it like this, and he compares it to uh, the boxer Benny Leonard in America at a time when anti-Semitism was very prevalent in the States. And Benny Leonard was the world champion uh, boxer. So he says like this, When I think of the passing of Sid Nomis, I am reminded of how Arthur Brisbane... Brisbane, the famous American journalist, summed up the impact of Jewish world boxing champion great Benny Leonard on society at his passing with the following words, Benny Leonard, Benny Leonard did more to combat anti-Semitism than a thousand textbooks have done. And then he says, uh, he goes on to say that it's, South Africa, it wasn't the same as America in terms of the anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic sentiment and environmental uh, feel. Uh, uh, how, uh, however, he concludes, he says, I think that, therefore, that a slightly varied epitaph to read, Sid Nomis did more for Jewish pride than a thousand textbooks could have done, would be fitting for Sid Nomis. He was a hmm. truly proud Jewish Springbok and uh, a, a mensch of, of note. He's been on the Chaifem show with me. I previously had him on uh, talking about uh, the Lions Rugby Club and, and that sort of thing. So that's one of the features of Soul Sport, uh, and it gave me great satisfaction Knowing Sid, the wonderful man that he was, um, to have done this tribute for him in our magazine. 
And you also feature, obviously, the World Cup soccer that we've just come out of. And there's a little bit of talk about soccer hooliganism, which is actually like a phenomenon that's studied. You know, it's like a subject you can study at varsity. Um, Interesting. <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, might be exaggerating a bit, but um, <laughs> I know I did a course. I did a, certainly read a, read a, um, a paper once on soccer hooliganism as yes. a, a sociological phenomenon. Wow. And you kind of wonder what goes on in the minds of soccer supporters that they're at some level ready to kill, yeah. <laughs> to knife uh, somebody from an oppositional team. And it just indicates how strongly people feel about soccer. Yeah. Uh, soccer is particularly, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, more soccer than perhaps other sports. You're quite right. It 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 it, it is it. It's a it's it's a phenomena that I don't know sociologically sociologically one would have to study to try and understand. But we feature a incredible uh, rally of 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 features pertaining to anti-Semitism in sport, and of course the 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 main feature is uh, the, uh, the, the 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 owner of Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Roman Abramovich, who's holding up the no to, no to anti-Semitism campaign sign, which his Chelsea club have driven forward. Um, I want to say the following thing, that in I believe in society there should be certain areas where the there should be no room for, the, for, for those sort of ills to feature. Anti-Semitism, uh, racial prejudice, that sort of thing. Sport is one of them. Right, that, that that should be a free zone. You want to talk about it in the political arena, blah 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 blah. No problem. In in business and in sport, those should be areas, so to speak. I believe business as well, meaning to say that uh, it should have no bearing. Uh, you know, one should have, and it's actually alluded to in the Torah that uh, we, with Yaakov and Lavan, and 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 the connecting point is with 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 uh, you know with, with, with there's neutral areas, and that's why I'm so proud of Chelsea. Why? Because they established this no to anti-Semitism campaign. You know what they do? Any time there's any sort of uh, even mild sort of uh, any sort of uh, impact of so anti-Semitism by any of the fans, what happens is they get a, a ban, okay? And the fan then has to, can reduce his ban by going to a workshop hmm. in, uh, on anti-Semitism and learning about it. So yeah, there's that's yeah sports. So, Reverend, um, we have to kind of start wrapping it up. So I'm okay. just going to indicate that, as always, your m magazine has um, always a feature on women, women in sport, women achieving in sport, and this um, edition is no different. Yes. And um, I'm going to suggest that people get hold of the magazines to learn more about the art of dance and exercise. So um, where can people get the magazines? Uh, there are at a few places, Kosher World, a couple of the kosher restaurants and venues uh, in the northern suburbs. In Cape Town, it's at Spa in Seapoint, uh, Judaica Bookshop. Uh, otherwise, you can always contact us on soulsport at gmail, soul, uh, soulworkout at gmail.com, soulworkout at gmail.com. We can direct you accordingly. Yeah, and as you mentioned, woman, we've got uh, Rebetzin Gina Goldstein, the first lady of the Jewish community, who has uh, uh, put a beautiful article together on Balance. Okay, well, so, uh, Reverend, thank you so much for joining me. Shabbat shalom. Thank Enjoy you. your puff up this evening. I'm thank sure it'll you. be amazing. Thank you. Um, thank you.